0: shall i begin
1: fine <laughs> if we have to i guess <laughs> is that red and green yeah it is i'm a man and i can change if i have to i guess yeah it well, sound like that
0: okay here we go rhyme or free it doesn't matter to me it's my bad poetry Good day, and welcome to My Bad Poetry, a podcast where we take a deep dive into my dabbling with poetry between 2004 and 2008, when I was in high school. Each week we hear a selection read aloud for what may be the first time, and we'll examine it for its historical, philosophical, and literary qualities, always asking, why in the world did I write this? I'm Aaron, and I am dragging my dear friend Dave with me on this journey into my old private journal. Dave, um,
1: how did you enjoy the week off? oh it was so nice especially because now i know that abby can really just tear into you uh and how terrible your poetry is so that felt really nice we have a we have a healthy marriage
0: (laughs) (laughs) well dave you have begun a a new tradition on the pod i don't like saying pod um i love saying pod on the pod okay on the pod Uh, where you are regaling us with um, poetry from the here and now. Oh, yeah. You are writing almost on the spot. So what do you have for us
1: today? So today I have a didoitsu, uh, which is a Japanese poem from the late Edo period. So that's like 1600s to late 1800s. And the haiku comes out of the same tradition as well. So haikus are the five-seven-five, mm-hmm. and this follows a similar format, which is seven-seven-seven-five. Oh, and one of the things I found so interesting about this is there are many other Edo period Japanese poetic forms that use the syllable counting, mm-hmm. uh, but apparently haiku was the easiest to pronounce, which is why it was taught in many Western schools. Wow, isn't that messed up? Yeah we were just unwilling to learn a word so we learned one pattern okay well yeah and we kind of teach that as the summation of all japanese poetry even though man there's some amazing japanese poetry out there yeah this is the weird part of this podcast that i'm starting to gain an appreciation for poetry and i don't like it
0: (laughs) i know uh I remember joking in seminary um, around uh, kind of modern pre-verse poetry and, and your disdain would show. And uh, I feel like I have... Destroyed <laughs> my hopes and dreams. Yes, you have. Brought you around just a little bit. It's, it's kind of fun. So let's hear this. The
1: uh, doitsu, The doitsu, The doitsu. Okay. Yeah. Mastering the poetic, express pain, joy, sorrow, peace. I control the words with grace. Aaron can't at all.
0: Now, what's really interesting is I was almost expecting it to rhyme.
1: I And I know that you said that wasn't part of the form. Well, that's the thing that I'm now learning about, is that there are specific ways in Japanese poetry that they do rhymes. And oftentimes it's in the middle syllable, which in Japanese sounds beautiful. In English, sounds completely weird. So again, I kind of want to explore more of this
0: well by all means i mean
1: no i'm upset with you aaron <laughs> i am upset
0: with you about this i have created a new passion <laughs> <laughs> no monster.
1: monster monster is the word you were thinking of
0: that's fair well speaking of monsters uh let's return to my 15 year old self i uh! know <laughs> i don't think i don't think i was that bad but today i bring from the wolf journal a poem From uh, December 19th, 2005. These words I write have no effect. They are trapped on the pages they are written, trapped by the covers of an unknown book. I want to scream from the rooftops, and yet I stay quiet. My words are my release. The pencil burns the page as I write. Words come to me like lightning and disappear like fog.
1: I'm going to say two words to you, Aaron. Thursday next. Oh, oh! I'm, now I'm very intrigued. Right? Yeah. Uh, elaborate, so, please. Yes. You introduced me to uh,
0: some stories. Yes. And your shout sister out. introduced to you. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. My sister would uh, scream if we did not give her credit for that. So,
1: Aaron, you and you alone discovered these books, books by Jasper Ford, um, the Thursday Next series. Yes. Wonderful books. Yes. Um, and I'm wondering when your sister showed them to you
0: okay so you're you're thinking that there is a there's a connection here and i will um crush all your hopes good i didn't start reading them until late college i think oh okay so but i mean she was reading them and and pushing them on me for quite some time before that but (laughs) i mean uh yeah i I took a while to get around to them but she was entirely correct they're probably my favorite series
1: so okay um before we move on I don't know that my computer will support you sharing your screen with me. So could you yeah. uh, email me? Oh my gosh, and I'll look Dave. on my phone. <laughs> is, yeah, I could do that. <laughs> Dear listeners, my computer is being a big old stinky jerk.
0: Yeah, there's a reason why we had to call in Abby. No, what was your Thursday Next connection? Well, that's what I'm trying to get to. I can't... Uh, it's not here, Aaron. Uh, trapped in the covers of an unknown book? I think that was it. Yeah. Okay. So, like, uh, where she hides in a in an unpublished book. Unpublished book. Yeah. 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 In a work in progress, which ends yes. up being
1: um,
0: the big over easy.
1: The big over easy. Yeah.
0: yeah, I have it on right behind me. So, so if your first impressions was uh, thinking of Thursday Next, I have to say that that sounds pretty promising to me. I will say
1: there were things in this poem that, and hear this as the insult that it's meant to be Mm -hmm. i didn't hate fair enough yep yeah (laughs)
0: um while you look it over my first impressions when i read this back was uh almost a sigh of relief in that we've been slogging through uh so many piney kind of emo and don't get me wrong this is still very much emo but um it's not focused on uh a relationship or or um A broken heart it's it's very kind of internal
1: right Um, well and i feel i mean i can definitely read some of the uh pop punk influences in here yeah i'm getting another good reference here i'm the gatekeeper are you the key master what is that no that that's ghostbusters man oh ghostbusters a long time rude what's that reference (laughs) I, I think I think it's just the uh the very serious sound but I'm also hearing it in the teenage voice of Oh, Superman. okay. <laughs> I, I'm hearing it from a bit of a squeaky nerd. Totally.
0: Yeah. 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 I, yeah, I have um so beyond the first impressions and and the the structure being free versus always um Right. I I have two different interpretations of this. One is a very very generous interpretation Okay. And the other one is a not-so-generous, probably more honest interpretation. So which one do you want to hear first?
1: Let's go generous first, and then we can both tear into you about okay. how bad you are at everything.
0: Okay, sounds good. So <laughs> my, most, my most generous interpretation of this poem is um, a frustration with not being able to kind of present a genuine self, I guess, in in public, right. yeah. And and it's, it's it's this idea of being trapped on page, trapped mm. by covers. It, um, I feel like it's kind of this idea of the the public persona that we present, trying to to fit within the well kind of catered cultural norms, mm. and uh, just the the way that these poems are kind of counter to that. Um, the 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 masculine image. Um, sure, makes me feel like. I was putting on a bit of a face hmm. in public. Um, and the only reason I have that kind of feeling as a possible explanation is I can remember specific times when in choir, again, it's I'm already in choir, but in choir, there'd be uh, jokes about me losing my quote unquote man card. Oh, yeah. Did you ever have that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I lost my man card probably every other week, if not more <laughs> so. And it was a common joke. And yeah. Uh, many years later, uh, two, uh, two years. Okay. Many, um, my, my girlfriend at the time actually kept a running list of reasons why my boyfriend is gay.
1: Wow. Okay.
0: Um, as a joke. And I think this is, yeah. a, I mean, this gets at a lot of different, um, things of, of, um, homophobia and, mm-hmm. um, I forget the other word for it, but I mean, yeah, I, there's, there's a lot of things to unpack there. I don't know if we want to go down that road, but I think, um, that's my most generous reading of this is that I I was feeling um, boxed in from this
1: hyper-masculine um, expectation? expectation. Yeah. Expectation. Yeah. No, that's honestly kind of where I thought it was coming from. Cause it sounds like there's a lot of ideas that you want to express, but there's fear in expressing them because of perception and 100%. I totally understand that as an emotion, uh, I also had those comments thrown at me about losing my man card, and I am willing to admit that I threw those accusations around as well, and I also, I mean, talked a lot about these kinds of things relatively homophobically, Yeah, and it was because of my fear of being called gay, and that is 100% a problem of, you know, my, my upbringing, my expectations, my understanding of homophobia and the difficulties that our lgbtq siblings face uh yeah i think that's kind of fascinating
0: yeah and i do not want to play the victim card at all as i'm making this reading of this poem uh, i 100 percent perpetuated um similar violence in in my jokes and rhetoric um with my friends um yeah the 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 whole like i'm not gay type um right like you, you, I mean, it's it's been talked about a lot. I think that the whole like no homo type movement, yeah. which is so um, damaging in that it makes a person um, who identifies as such less than or or, right. or is a, a derogatory, obviously.
1: Right. We're so afraid of being even perceived in that way that we use our our power and our privilege to denigrate others to make them feel insecure about who they are and we do that entirely out of our own insecurity and it just it's this stupid cycle where we do a great job of hating each other because we dislike things about ourselves or we don't yet understand things about ourselves like my my go-to example on this is I learned to crochet from my grandmother when I was in middle school yeah and I love crocheting I think it's really fun I think I mean I'm really bad at it but i think it's really relaxing sure i did not like i I crocheted in high school and i kept my crochet stuff in the back of my closet what's that for a metaphor right
0: and i kept my poems trapped in a journal yep now these poems should not have seen the light of day and yet i'm
1: and my crochet should not have seen the light of day either
0: (laughs) but They were expressions uh, and, and pastimes and passions that neither of us felt could um, right. even be talked about or acknowledged. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bell Hook talks about um, toxic masculinity as self-mutilation, the man who has to feel like they like prune or trim things that do not fit within the society's expectations. Dear listeners, this part of the conversation deserves a quick audio footnote. It felt weird for me to pull a bell hook quote seemingly out of the blue on the week of her death without taking the time here to acknowledge where I found it. I wish I could say I was more familiar with her work, but this quote was shared during a video essay I just happened to watch during my nightly dishwashing routine the night before Dave and I recorded. The quote is originally found in The Will to Change, Men, Masculinity, and Love, published in 2004 but it was cited in this video by St. Andrewism in conversation with Khadija Mbo in their essay, Who's Afraid of Little Naz Great video and an amazing quote, which sadly I probably would not have noted if not for the unfortunate passing of the author. The full quote is, the first act of violence that patriarchy demands of males is not violence towards women. Instead, patriarchy demands of all males that they engage in acts of psychic self-mutilation, that they kill off the emotional parts of themselves. That's it. Back to our crazy antics.
1: Wow. Yeah. That's fascinating. Because, yeah, you you think about, like, the, the external forces that it creates. Like, we internalize toxic masculinity, and it, you know, it's expressed out at other people. So, like, I remember making jokes in high school that were homophobic or sexist or misogynistic. And it was because I... I felt so insecure about who I was. Like I thought the fact that I had any kind of feminine traits or like when people would say that I was a motherly kind of person and they meant caring, I assumed they were calling me gay. And for me, that was an insult at the time. I thought they were insulting me rather than, you know, just pointing out who I am. Yeah. Um, A a beautiful trait (laughs) that you have. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I, I dislike a lot of things about myself, but I think that, uh, that caring compassion is really nice it's a strong suit of yours yeah 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 gosh i don't like talking about things i like about myself Duh. it's almost like that's a problem of toxic masculinity <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah oh but that's that's a really good point you're gonna have to point me to that video uh
0: so that's the the very generous reading and i think sure. um that generous reading still points to how this is a work in progress. Sure. And that um, the damage that has been done and that I have participated in is still very much within uh, society and probably upheld in many ways um, through my actions still. And so, Mm. yeah. But now for the very ungenerous reading, um, which is probably... No, I, I won't say more honest or close, but uh, another element within this. Sure, the words that I write have no effect. Um, I think this is a this could be a very much of an ego stroke. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> where uh, a teenage boy thinks uh, he has all the answers, and um, that oh, t- talent or brilliance has not yet been discovered.
1: Uh, yeah. I think that's really interesting because it's also a self-defeating idea because these words that I have, uh, that I write have no effect. Uh, But then also I want to scream from the rooftops and yet I stay quiet. You're writing this in a book and not showing it to people until now, because, you know, you enjoy being made fun of by a buddy. (laughs) Yeah. But I, I think that's kind of funny that, you know, how often do we, uh expect to be discovered even when we don't put ourselves out there oh
0: sure yeah Um, we kind of live in this idea that we are the main character of a of a story right we are the protagonist in our own screenplay (laughs)
1: and so life will just click into place um i mean that's that's not true for you it's true for me oh right of course Um, because i'm the protagonist yeah i'm the plucky sidekick here (laughs) (laughs) yep yep Yep, correct,
0: correct. <laughs> yeah, um, but I think this this gets at your beloved TikTok. Whoop, whoop. In that, uh, I, I know we've joked about this many times now. Um, not sure how many times this made it all the way through the editing, but <laughs> I totally would have been a TikToker. Um, oh yeah, throwing these out there, spitting fire,
1: um, picking up singles of views hmm. I was gonna say dozens, but dozens felt like way too big, too generous. Yep.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, I think um, the need to be seen and heard yep. is, is a, I think, a feeling that everyone shares. But um, in this kind of celebrity world that we live in, we, we've twisted what it means to be heard and seen. Mm-hmm. It's become to be idolized. Hmm. Like, like good friends doesn't suffice. Having 100,000 followers maybe suffices right um and i think this points to a skill that i think many of us possess but don't practice um Mm -hmm. that you and i have been trained in because it's been trained out of us so much (laughs) and i think that's active listening Mm, yeah in which uh this poem makes me think oh i needed an active listener right yeah, this this want to be heard, or to, yeah. for my words to be to have an effect. It's like my words didn't need to have an effect. I just needed someone to to say, "Oh, I hear you. That that makes right. sense." Or, or, I I felt that way before. Or it sounds like you're feeling a little uh, heartbroken, or whatever I was dealing with. Yeah. yeah, And that's not to say I didn't have those people, but maybe I I um, failed to recognize it at the time. Right. Or I didn't utilize them, uh, mm-hmm. or, or or like yeah feel comfortable enough sharing?
1: Um, I had a super cool relationship in high school. There was um, a girl who I was in musicals with, and we we talked a couple of times during the musical and we're never super close. We didn't really run in the same circles. But when she had issues, when she just needed to talk to somebody, she would call me. And when I needed to talk to somebody, I would call her. And it was this really awesome thing of like having someone who doesn't really know the ins and outs of the relationships and wasn't going to try and solve the problem but was just there listening and going oh well that's stupid that stinks for you i'm sorry and like it just it was honestly it, it was a bit like therapy but without concrete ideas behind it sure but man a lot of people could use a friend acquaintance person like that yeah. and i know she, she I, she's not listening to this because i don't know I haven't talked to her since like freshman year of college, Hmm. but man, that was a really powerful relationship. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of sweet. And I, I really enjoy that as a pastor as well, that I have that relationship with a couple of people now where they don't super know me that well, but I do my best to tell them, Hey, when you are angry at your friends at school, when you have a difficult day at work, give me a call. Like, I am a neutral sounding board. If you want someone that you can be on the phone with and yell at, I got time. Like, just give me a call. So I get those cool relationships where there's not a big expectation, but somebody just needs to be listened to.
0: Yeah. There's your your uh, your, your motherly, caring self. Oh, uh, <laughs>
1: uh,
0: It's a skill you have. Um, and I think that gets back to the line. My words are my release. Um, That says it all. Is that just to have that ability to like just dump these thoughts. Right. And so the Wolf Journal in it, in and of itself was kind of that outlet for me. Mm -hmm. And I think this has been a long ruse for you to now be my Wolf Journal. How do you feel about that, Dave?
1: Mm, I feel the word that I'm looking for is disgust. (laughs) no i i feel proud of that i think that's i think that's really good we all need a wolf journal
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh man so uh is there anything else we could learn from this oh no okay (laughs) anyway well dave oh let's see here And maybe this metaphor will come to you like lightning or disappear like fog.
1: Ah! Good or garbage? (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, I think I got the metaphor and it came like a bolt of inspiration from your terrible words. You made a comment about your wolf journal being like a dump where you can just drop stuff off. And I feel like this is exactly that. Like a garbage dump has its purpose it's a disgusting purpose and i do my best to use it less by recycling and reducing the amount of plastic i buy and all that good stuff but this poem is like that garbage dump it stinks it's disgusting but there is a disturbing purpose to it in which we can you know riff and make fun of you and wonder about how culture has messed us up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Garbage dump. I like it. Garbage dump. Fair enough. So
0: we will end our time with the words of a true poet. Um, We're kind of breaking from formula again. Uh, Normally I pick older poems, but uh, while I was kind of preparing for this one, I found a poem very recent uh, written in 2021, actually written by uh, Jalen Harris. And this is uh, a selection from A Life of a Writer. And I will put the link to where I found this poem in the description so you can read the whole thing. But uh, here is our selection. The life of a writer is desire. I hammer into the page. I make up my mind. The street light is not the moon, but anything can be made beautiful under the ease of my hammer. I wish you could see that I write in blue ink. The color of oceans and early mornings, and everything is clear. Oh, it keeps going. I just, I wish. Yeah, I'm gonna put the link there because um, it, it flows really well. Um, it is the next- so good. Right? Oh,
1: I mean, how do people do this? Where they like just they put words on a page and like I love the idea of a hammer because I keep I keep watching these amazing videos of people who do like forging and stuff. Oh my gosh, Dave.
0: I'm an yep. idiot, I completely no, understand it's, you know, it's it's what you like. Don't
1: apologize. Uh, I will always apologize. <laughs> I am a Minnesotan through, through and through. Oop, just gotta squeeze right past you there. Um, yeah, I, watching forging videos, and I know that's super nerdy, but like to watch a cold piece of steel turn into a tool or a knife or a anything um, is incredible. And I've never thought about that in the same way for poetry, but to, to have something that is, uh, uh, to borrow a term, tohu of uh, hmm. formless and void, you're welcome. Uh, but to have something that is like just nothing and to hammer it into a beautiful poem that expresses your ideas, I don't know how people do it. And it's something that can't be shown in a video. It's, I, I don't know if it can be taught clearly people can learn how to do it but it's just kind of fascinating
0: yeah why why i chose this one she's getting at something that my 15 year old self was trying to say and uh, yeah it's it's just a beautiful poem uh, yeah. that that clearly demonstrates the art uh, yeah anything else no of yeah. course not we don't, we don't i'm done with you we don't do any tags <laughs> or anything <so>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, do you have any pluggables to plug in? Yeah, you got any plugs? Um, I got uh I have this USB plugged in. <laughs> You're a bad person and you should feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> this has been my bad poetry. Now go
1: write some of your own bad poetry. you do? freedom and me. My bad poetry.
0: See, I should just use that. Better than what we currently have. <laughs>
1: I don't know that that's true. But, you know, a howler monkey might be better. Yeah.
0: Rhyme free doesn't matter. It's my bad. It's poetry.